Welcome to Farm Chica's next podcast on reviving that kitchen garden. They've been making a comeback for years, and who doesn't want the freshest and most nutritious, flavorful food possible when prepping your meals? Isn't it a lovely thought waking up in the morning and just going right outside into your garden, gathering any kind of food and produce such as cherry tomatoes or strawberries, eating those for breakfast? And wouldn't it be great to go out before dinner and harvest any kind of vegetables you have that'll go with whatever you're serving? It really makes meal planning a snap and really talks about creating a entire food forest in your backyard, farm, or homestead. Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Rene Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional, simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. Now is the best time to start planting your kitchen garden to grow your vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Honestly, there's nothing better than using the freshest ingredients right from your backyard, farm, or homestead to your kitchen table straight from your garden. I'm biased, but homegrown produce is tastier, healthier, and can really cut into your food bills if planned accordingly. A recent Google search of mine found that growing your own kitchen garden is obviously becoming more popular because the sale of vegetable seeds are overtaking those of flowers. There are so many ways to grow your own kitchen garden. You could plant them in a traditional potager kitchen garden, which is a French garden. You can mix them along other flower beds, or you can just grow them in a dedicated vegetable garden. You can have furrows and rows. You can also have them in smaller scales on patio containers for those who don't necessarily live out with space, who might even just have an apartment or a condo in the city that may not be able to have more land to plant a kitchen garden. You can still partake in vertical gardening. Early spring is the best time to create your vegetable garden plot. And I'm not talking about perennial vegetables. That was another podcast. I'm talking about annual vegetables, fruits, and herbs. But it doesn't mean you can't start planning ahead of time. You need to decide on the size of plot, where you're going to make this kitchen garden, and make sure you have a size that you can manage. Certain vegetables need a lot of room to grow, such as summer squash, zucchini, cantaloupe, cucumbers, they all need room to grow and this all takes work, preparation and maintenance. So weeding is a real thing and it does take time. And if you don't give your plants enough room to grow, they're not going to get enough sun or enough nutrients and they're going to be basically competing with the plants beside them. So you definitely want to plan out your plot accordingly. Often companion flowers are added to the same garden to encourage pollination and act as a natural repellent for any kind of pests. And so this is definitely focused on organic, natural gardening. It also can help with weeding because the flowers are also in there to kind of help uh, diminish some of the weeds that may grow in those spaces. You want to choose an often open sunny spot, preferably one that gets that morning sun and around six to eight hours of direct 
sunlight. Vegetables really need as much light as possible, so make sure that they're not in the shadows. Um, they'll definitely be staggered. Um, things like tomatoes want heat and they want more warm. And then if you want to think about planting perennial bushes, when we're thinking about perennial gardens intermixed with the annual gardens, you can think about the areas of your backyard farm or homestead that may not have as much sun and might have more shade, there's other perennial shrubs and different types of edible landscaping that you can actually plant that tolerate shade much better, such as cherries, blackberries, raspberries, rhubarb, and black currants, which are really great for jams. You want some type of wind protection. If you're in a really windy area, obviously having some type of barrier is helpful. Um, obviously, if we're in our backyard, most people have fences, um, wooden fences, but a hedge, a windbreak, or just something that can really filter the effect of the wind. And of course, you want your soil enriched with compost. You want natural, organic, healthy soil. Your plants need food, and this is their, where their primary nutrition comes from, in addition to sunlight and water. And they really need soil enriched with that compost. I will mention um, that certain compost is warmer than others, and if it's too warm, your plants are not going to thrive in this environment. And so I really try to throw the hot types of compost in the deep of winter when I'm not planting into the vegetable garden area. And then as spring is coming forward, the less more intense hot compost will go into the garden bed. And often that is then tilled in, and then you have really nice, naturally enriched soil. You could also just go to any store in your local area, um, any place where you can get natural organic soil that you can um, substitute. Mushroom compost works really well, or you can just do your composting throughout the year and make sure that your soil's enriched. So preferably a potager garden, which is the French traditional garden, for the kitchen is not anything new. This has been going on for a very long time, for centuries. Um, I think when people think about growing vegetables, they think of roller straight rows and you know those gaps to be where plants can be planted on the mounds and then you wash and you water them in the furrows. There is no reason why your vegetable garden can't be as beautiful as flower gardens. I mean, obviously the French have been intermingling vegetables, fruit, herbs, and flowers for centuries in what they call potagers. It's a more casual and formal approach that works with nature. It's horticultural. It's, it's kind of creating this mini ecosystem and it's similar to a flower garden, except it's focused on edible landscaping. No chemicals are used, crops are rotated, and appropriate companion planting means that they're the nat most natural repellents in the world. This sustainable practice not only encourages this kind of natural insect and pest repellent, but it practices this encouragement of having a range of different birds and pollinators and bees. And really, you can have your cake, well, I mean vegetables, and eat it too in this very natural, beautiful garden environment. So what should you grow? Well, honestly, at the end of the day, grow what you love. Um, I think, I know when I first started gardening and I was just excited not to kill a plant, that I just grew and was excited anything that stayed alive. But honestly, make a list of your favorite edibles. Like what are your favorite things to eat, including herbs? And consider which ones that you want to buy. Um, some are more expensive than others and there's different varieties to enjoy. So carefully sit down and think about like, what would you actually cook? I know that I'm guilty of this, that I've thrown a bunch of seeds out there 
and I end up with an overabundance of something like squash seems to always be what I have an overabundance of. Are you really going to cook that much squash and zucchini? Like you really have to plan out or are you going to be able to share that with neighbors and friends and family members or are you just going to be stuck at the end of the day not wanting to waste your harvest and instead you're there <laughs> scrambling like me trying to figure out what I can do with all the zucchini. Oh wait, I can freeze it. I can make zucchini bread. I can do this and that and really just uh, thinking outside the box because I hate to waste food and granted I can give it to the chickens and then they just poop it out and that's used as compost. So it's kind of a cycle, but I still don't like to be in the situation where I have an overabundance of things if I don't have a, a place for them to share with neighbors, family, friends, or um, if I'm going to preserve them in any way. Another thing to think about when you're planning your annual kind of garden mix in with some other perennials or making it more of like a potager, like a pretty environment, you need to think about succession of crops throughout the season that are annuals. And so certain things will continue to harvest um, on each flowering and each harvest. Some are a one-time harvest. And so you have to think about planting those in different types of years. Also, cool weather things in certain zones grow better at certain parts of the year than when in the heat of summer, for example. So think about planting those on other parts of the garden. And then if you're going to rotate them, if you're going to then have a second growing, um, depending on the time of year you're in. So you have to think about those things. And also um, it kind of elongates your growing season. In terms of seeds, it's worth tracking down organic seeds and plants. I start everything from seed. Honestly, it's really easy to make sure you have some little seed starts and then you put the seeds in there and you raise your own plants through there. It's a lot cheaper than going to a local nursery and buying some starts that you'll put in the ground. If you haven't started those early enough, obviously that's your option, but starting your own seeds, um, it just thrives in your environment so much better. Um, you raise them inside early on. And then when they're ready to plant outside, they'll go outside. And I'll just mention plants that are not organic are loaded with tons of pesticides and fertilizers. And you just don't want to add that to your soil. It's just not something that I, I want to be able to go out to my garden, pick something and eat it without having to fear that it has some type of chemical in it. So having that organic kitchen garden is so healthy. So think about color and beauty and things that you can add that's both colorful flowers, but then also colorful edibles that add texture, scents, and just all these great experiences with your kitchen garden. So think about purple basil, pink shard, scarlet runner beans, curly parsley, any kind of colorful hot peppers, blue or green red cabbage leaves, purple chives, rosemary, sage, thyme strawberries. So these all add color, scent, they're different color variations, and it just adds so much more color to your garden. So it's also aesthetically beautiful to look at rather than just for pure consumption. Uh, think about um, scented flowers such as bee balm. Bee balm is really amazing. Cosmos are beautiful. Marigolds, um, mellows are also very pretty sedum, columbines, sweet peas, poppies. There are just a lot of different things that you can plant in your garden that serve as pollinators, serve as pest control, and they add color and scent to your kitchen garden. I think a good way to kind of think about when you're talking about planning out your kitchen garden 
Think about the types of meals that you make on a regular or different kind of special meals you might be cooking and think about the herbs that you might want to add. Like dill is one of my favorite herbs. I use it in a lot of things, but I always forget to grow it. So think about adding herbs that you would use. Rosemary grows really easily. Rosemary is a great herb to add to a lot of different things, chicken and potatoes. And it's just a really great um, herb. And I've also... um done a simple syrup with rosemary in it and actually mixed that with lemonade, a homemade lemonade. It was really good. It was like a rosemary lemonade. Basil's also a great herb to have, especially with Italian-based meals. I make my daughter a lot of homemade pizza and I love having basil on hand. Different types of tomatoes. Uh, beef steak tomatoes are my favorite. They're just really big and chunky and meaty and great for a lot of things. Romas are really good though, however, for like sauces and anything that you're going to do around making homemade spaghetti sauce. So think about when you're actually planting the different varietals of seeds that you think about how you're going to actually use them. Again, you don't want to be in a situation where you have an overabundance of things that you don't know how to use, or you just grow things because you're like, I should have a garden, but you're not using it. To me, that's just a waste. Um, I mean, of course, it's good to grow. And if you are feeding someone else and you can feed a friend, a neighbor, donate it somewhere, that's really, really great. But think about these things before you start planning. Some common staples that I love to grow are cucumbers. I eat cucumbers every day. I love to make pickles. It's one of my favorites. I always have basil. I always have mint. I do a lot of mint simple syrups to add to things. And I do a lot with basil around the cooking. I also always have some type of peppers. Obviously, I don't have a whole lot of experience gardening in the Pacific Northwest, but I know that peppers do really well in hot environments rather than cool environments. And so think about peppers. Um, I know I, I really miss making homemade salsa. I would I always grow tomatoes. Tomatoes is constant. So always like have tomatoes and jalapenos to make fresh homemade salsa is like my favorite thing to have. Um, I just really love um, the ability to go outside and decide if I'm going to make some salsa for that day. So fresh salsa is really, really great. So again, make your meal plan. Think about what you're going to focus on. Again, I come from New Mexico, so I'm constantly thinking about those things. I've always grown squash, so calabacitas. Um, I don't really grow a lot of corn just because I don't eat corn. But if you think about growing corn, um, corn is like a one harvest. And so usually corn takes up a lot of space, but it's grown and staggered. So the the corn will, you'll harvest here and then you'll, two weeks later, you'll plant another plant, set of plants. And then two weeks later, that way it's staggered throughout the season. So you can make sure that you have enough corn to last. I've also been guilty of growing random stuff that I thought was kind of cool to have, but I didn't know how to eat it. And I mean, if it's a perennial plant, that's fine. It's a perennial plant. But if it's an annual, um, it is taking up space in your garden. So think about uh, before you actually invest in taking that space from that plant that you think about how you're going to actually use it. I do remember um, having an overabundance of arugula, which I love arugula, but it like too much is too much. So definitely think about that. Also, eggplant is really great, but um, I don't eat a lot of eggplant. And so you can, um, eggplants do really well and you can like have an overabundance of eggplant and most people don't eat eggplant. So it's kind of a harder vegetable to give away and share. So tips for having a great kitchen garden that's easy to maintain. Make sure you have the space. Make sure it's sunny and well lit. 
and that it has nourishing soil. Make sure you water it. Make sure it has sunlight. Also, another thing to make it more naturally appealing is fruit trees actually work really well in a kitchen garden. So you can actually create your kitchen garden around different fruit trees. Espaliered fruit trees are pretty cool. I just learned about those a few years ago. These are fruit trees that you can actually train to grow along a fence line. And so they're the ones that kind of look like a scarecrow with its arms wide open um, spreading across. So like there's apple and pear trees that you can train them to grow alongside these like wire fences. And so that can actually become the edge of your edible garden. Also, again, I mentioned you should intermix. I think the French have been doing this for a long time, intermix flowers and vegetables. But if you are going to have perennial vegetables, um, think about those in planting or perennial fruits and shrubs because that's going to determine the way that you maintain your actual annual area. And so you want to do crop rotation. You want to make sure you're tilling that soil. You want to make sure you're composting it. So if you have perennial plants scattered all over and then you have like a little tiny space for annuals, that's not going to work out well. Rather think about having like breaking your garden into thirds, maybe having one side as perennials and then, you know, this other portion as the annuals. And just so it helps with knowing like how to tend to your environment is going to be the best way. Or you can actually line your garden with these perennials and then that way the internal um, interior of your garden is actually all focused on planting annual vegetables and believe it or not in case you didn't know this going down the google rabbit hole because i do research for a living there's actually garden layouts that you can download online other people have done this work so why work harder not smarter so if you just want to like Google Pottager kitchen garden layout, there's tons there. Or you can just do kitchen garden layouts. It can kind of give you an idea, not just on length and space, but also ideas on where you should plant things. I know that I've been guilty of it. Um, sometimes I've planted a watermelon and it's taken up the whole side where I planted other things, which was not a good idea for my plants because they were competing for space. So think about that. There's a lot of really cool things out there, a lot of really innovative work. So work smarter, um, not harder. And there's different uh, ways uh, to engineer raised beds versus in other kind of plots and areas. So so really the goal is to get the best value from your kitchen garden by planning accordingly. Minimizing your time, space, and money while also getting those maximum results. You'll increase your yields and your, your harvest by just focusing on the planning side and determining what you really like to eat. It should also be a better value in the long run because you're going to be shopping less for produce during different times of the year. I know I wish I had a greenhouse because I eat fresh veggies every single day. I eat bell peppers, cucumbers, and kale or other kinds of greens. I have to go to the store very regularly to keep up with that, but I love that when I can grow stuff, I'd rather use it from the backyard. Again, growing from seeds is going to be your cheapest option of growing your own food. Um, you can swap seeds with family and friends. You could even get into seed saving. That's a whole thing. Um, there's definitely processes for doing that. But definitely it's going to be way cheaper than getting start. So start early. Start now. And if you haven't, it's okay. There's nurseries around your area likely that will have plants. And think about integrating more herbs into your garden. Um it's actually really expensive um, to buy mint, sage, thyme, parsley, and rosemary. Those are actually kind of pricey at the store, but if you grow them yourself, they're like technically weeds, they grow very easily. 
And most of them are perennial, so they definitely come back every year. And so think about planting an herb kind of garden to your kitchen garden. And I will mention just based on your space, make sure you maximize that. Again, tomatoes are great, but they are high maintenance and they require lots of watering and really just make sure they have nice soil and they take up a lot of space. But I can tell you a homegrown tomato tastes way better than anything you'll get in the grocery store because they're having to harvest those tomatoes when they're green um, and not super ripe because they won't hold. Um, they'll get smushy and a homegrown tomato is nice and smushy and amazing and you could just peel that skin right off and really taste the goodness of that tomato. Um, salad greens are also really cheap to grow. Um, uh, they're fairly cheap in the store depending on where you go, but uh, Swiss chard, for example, is really easy to grow and it can be prolific most of the year depending on where you live. Um, so I know that that's hard to find depending on where you're at. Usually I see it in most of the grocery stores, but I love Swiss chard. It's a great, great vegetable. It's a great salad green that you can chop up or you can use in other recipes. So depending on where you're at in your growing season, usually spring is when you should be planning and thinking about your garden, getting your seeds going, and also definitely focus on maintaining those weeds in your area that you're going to plant those seeds into once they become plants. So stay on top of weeds, um, till your soil, amend your soil. I know that there's like places where you can take your soil to get tested. You can do it, I'm sure, online in the 21st century. Me, I kind of just feel it and look at it and smell it. If there's like worms in there and it's like deep and dark, it's definitely healthy. Um, if you just focus on your soil throughout the year, you should have pretty rich soil um, and constantly composting and adding things to it throughout the year will definitely help it out. So let's focus on starting that kitchen garden to get you all ready for the summer and have awesome fresh produce at your doorstep that you can go out and either eat from or use to prepare into the awesome meals that you nourish your soul, tummy, and your family, friends, and whoever you like to share with. To me, cooking is very important and it's great to source your ingredients straight from your backyard, farm, or homestead. So thank you for listening to my podcast today, talking about just some tips on starting your kitchen gardens. This is the right time to do it. It's better to get started early and plan ahead of time. Thank you for listening.